Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. for another episode of Dr. Homebrew. This is the show where normally we drink homebrew, but today this is our, um, I guess it's not our holiday one or our Christmas one because this comes out in January, I think, but it's, uh, it's a New Year party. Hey! Woo, yeah! 2023, <laughs> yeah! Yeah, let's go, baby! We're feeling festive. Yeah, yeah, we decided to party. We're going to do what I consider an epic tasting, and I don't use that word very lightly. Um, but we're involving celebration. You guys know me. I'm going to figure out a way to involve Celebration Ale in any show at any given time in this time of year. So not only do we have a fresh bottle of Celebration from 2022, but Brian Cooper and I, and if I had thought about it, I would have given one to um, to Brian Shar. We have a bottle of 2021 cool. Celebration, but the main event for this is a bottle that Brian Shaw or Brian Cooper has uh, donated a 2014 bottle of Celebration Ale from Sierra Nevada Pale Ale Brewing Company. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I think the thought was, number one, we're just going to taste it and just have fun. It's going to be a fun show. And then uh, we're going to, you know, maybe bust the 21 and then compare those and then crack that 14 and see how things have aged. I personally like an age celebration ale. Six months, a year even is fine for me. I don't care. I actually don't really, I like it more. I'll tell you what, I have, I have three 12 packs of cans in my house. I have another 12 pack in the fridge that has one missing. Uh, and then I probably have, I don't know, eight, to b- eight bottles of this year's celebration. And I will keep that shit through uh, you know maybe even through the year well i, I like it you're not I don't keeping it why. for like 2030 no 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 <laughs> not, not that bad but i'm very excited about it chuck is saying it's okay and i don't know if if he's saying it's okay that we don't have any homebrew on the show or if um sierra nevada is just okay and i, I I'm, I'm hoping it's the former not the latter because i'm hoping you're not yeah ban his ip address or something mm. like that I hope you're not expecting great things out of the really old one, because considering how poorly I store my beer mm. sometimes. Uh, I'm not expecting great things necessarily, um, but I don't know. It'll be fun. Let's go, right? Why not? You know, the only sure. beer I have in my house right now is yeah. a 12-pack of Celebration. And I think I have a Narwhal that was kind of, it's kind of older, <sighs> and it was at the liquor store, clearly stored really hot, and it's not yeah. as good as Narwhal should be. Well, that's probably true. Chuck is saying that celebrate celebrating ale is just okay. I know what you mean, Chuck. Mm. I'm just making fun of you. Um, I don't like you very much. I feel like I judge I judge people. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I mean that's fine. I don't know how I don't know how you can't just be totally in love with this beer. But also, I wonder if it's coming from the way we were, and I don't know Chuck's drinking background. But if you're, you know, two thousands drinker, something like that. You drink this, you're like whoa, this is sort of different or whatever. But a lot of beers now are trying to to sort of be more they're more flavorful i guess or in flavorful in different ways and i wonder i wonder if that is now not replicated but 
today's craft beer drinker who hasn't, you know, who maybe now discovers this goes like, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> and did you know that there's a celebration IPA popcorn recipe on the Sierra Nevada website? Well, <laughs> what do you do with it? What, what is it? What is it? Tell me. Well, Tell me what it is. Uh, I haven't vomited yet today. You know, uh, you take two cups of popping corn, some oil, some toasted nuts, cup of dried fruit, vegetable oil spray, half cup of celebration, half cup of water, two and a half cups of sugar. I think it's like a kettle corn made with celebration, you know, kind of a thing. Oh, okay. He's of salt, some light corn syrup, some baking soda, some unsalted butter. You heat it up in a, a large pot and uh, shake it continuously like you do for popcorn. And yeah, get the, you pour the caramel sauce over the popped corn and try to coat it evenly and then add the okay. nuts and fruit. And put it on a sheet pan to kind of let it dry. So it uh, nuts and fruit. Get out of here. Yeah. No. It's like a fruitcake with beer. Yeah. Who cares? Who and gives a popcorn. shit? Popcorn. I don't nuts know. Nuts and fruit. All right. I thought you'd be excited, JP. I'd try it. I would try it. I don't know that I would go through the effort to do it. Or you could choose the Celebration IPA stuffed turkey breast. That's another one. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Paxton has this recipe for um, grill. Uh, uh, Oh, come on, dumbass. Roasted garlic mashed potatoes on his website. And um, I always use celebration in mine. So there you go. There's that hot tip for you guys. If they're on Paxton's website, they're probably the most delicious mashed potatoes you've ever had. Well, they are because it's like equal parts butter and cream. Mm. And you, so you make like the sauce basically. And then you and then you add that into the mashed potatoes as as you want. But it's like. It's a lot, man. Like <laughs> a thousand sticks of butter and like 10 gallons of cream. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it is so... So I never use as much butter or as much cream or as even the whole thing, but it is very delicious. But before we get tasting for the, uh, the celebration, and then we also have Deconic Noel to drink at the second break. It's... it's uh, uh, what style is that, Brian? It, it is actually the Delirium Noel. Delirium, not Deconic. What a dumbass yeah. I am. Uh, yeah, from the brewery whose name I don't know how to say. Who, who you hear? Sure, man. That Something sounds like good. That. Yeah. And what style is that? Belgian? It's a Christmas ale. Christmas mm. ale. Okay. So, but yeah. I think it's, it's based on a, a darker, like a darker, strong, like the delirium nocturnum kind okay. of a, a base, uh, but, uh, with some spices, I believe. So yeah, right. we're, we're still researching here at Dr. Homebrew. I'm excited about that. Well, you don't have to tell anybody. Nobody knows. You know what I mean? <laughs> For all anybody else knows, I think I might change my light. And I think it looks weird. Anyway, whatever. Before we get to all that, I want to thank Five Star Chemicals. You go to fivestarchemicals.com right now and learn about the best way to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment. And while you're there, you can squidge on over to find out about their homebrew club program, which I think is pretty cool. You can get uh, discounts on PBW or their other products. If you want to test out products from Five Star before they're even on the market, and if you want free monthly educational seminars to up your homebrew games, you want to join Five Star Homebrew Club program. It's easy. It's free. Join now. FiveStarChemicals.com. There it is. Delirium Noel. Delirium.be tells you everything you need to know. Huh. All right. Well, let's do and the celebration ale, boys. Let's go. I'm ready. You want to start with this 10% Belgian one? 
Is that, that what we're doing? What should we start with? I actually don't really know. That's I assume celebration. Celebration. Yeah, that okay. seems more logical to me. So what year? 14, well, 22. I would let's start go. with the fresh and go. Yep, let's go. Older. Let's, let's do this thing. I hope this can doesn't explode on me. I kind of dropped it. No, don't do that, man. My wife says that uh, she can tell the difference between cans and bottles, and she likes the bottles better, and I think she's a liar. Hmm. What do you guys think? Can you tell the difference? Do you know? And I, to be fair to her, I don't know if it's because it's like the drinking sensation out of a bottle because she's a heathen and doesn't put it in a glass. Mm. Oh, God. Uh, versus a can or whatever. But yeah, I can see that making a little bit of a difference, maybe just if you're drinking it out of the container rather than pouring it into something. Because yeah, maybe. just that just that I don't know the bottle doesn't have any taste. The aluminum <laughs> shouldn't have any taste, but you should be better able to keep gunk off the bottle you know if we're yeah. going touching your mouth and maybe if the can's a little dirty or something maybe she could be getting some of that yeah but she's married to me so gunk is yeah. sort of in her lifestyle it's right in her wheelhouse yeah what? what i already impresses me about this beer constantly whenever i pour in a glass is just the head is like so oh yeah long lasting i mean you just drop that bottle cap in there no, you yeah, can't I, see I poured mine a few minutes ago before the show started, and you can see if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, uh, just the Belgian lace on the side of this glass. It's a, an inch deep where I initially had poured this, and it's really amazing. So what style would this be? I'm going to call it a red IPA. Okay. They call I know it we've their... done it before, so you know, before you guys give me shit about that, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I like the beer, but we don't need to like go through every nuance, but... I think if we can have you guys just pick out some of the your favorite parts of the beer and then maybe how we can uh, what we can do at home if we want to get a beer like this. What do you think? A little information? Sure. Well, I think it it it, it brings, you know, it comes out in the, the later fall time here and it does summon associations with fall and winter and that it's 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 a reddish, a rich reddish colored beer. Like you said, yeah. it has a head that lasts forever. Uh, just this it's a beautiful color you know if you're drinking a a pale pasty clear straw colored beer yet you know at the end of november it's uh, you know well there's something wrong with you no um <laughs> but i think it is Probably. a beautiful color for the for the season i don't know it's it it's got a, a good tight pack bubble you know bubbles for the head yeah the and, carbonation uh, on this thing is always yeah. on point yeah it always. really is so, you know, getting into red IPA in the aroma, you should get uh, in this one, you get a more of a citrusy resiny kind of impression from the hop. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. also in others, you could get a pine, berry, melon or tropical fruit character. This, is the, fruit. Beer, this is the beer I think about when people say resin, Yeah, you know, pine yeah. resin or whatever sap. Um, it's very resinous. Uh, but not overwhelming. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you can, do you think you can have too much like a resin quality in a beer? I think that the, the res resin works well with a red IPA. If you're going to use a hop with it, you can choose one that's a little more on the resiny side of things. Hmm. I use uh, Chinook, Centennial, and Cascade as the hops in this beer. And, uh, you know, malt wise, it has some caramelized malts. Um, they don't say which, uh, but no, you know, with some two row pale. I'll tell you what they do do. They do do is they dry hop some and they blend it together. Really? I don't think anybody, yeah, I don't think anybody knows that. So they told how us the you, brewery because anyway, oh, they okay. told us the brewery. Now dry hops are going to help. That's the beer that I had off the tank is a dry hop. If you just oh, go, I'll, 
all your hops so from good. the boil. It's it's might might be a little hidden behind the the richer malt that is there. Yeah. And but I, um, I think I mean you know I don't know many breweries that will do that and will dry hop a batch and blend it with a non dry hopped beer to part you know to partake some of those flavors that you get those intense flavors that you get from dry hopping but you don't want to also like alter the beer because I feel like this came out before dry hopping was really a thing. Yeah, I think you're right. right. I mean, they were making this in the 90s, probably yeah. in, even in the 80s. Probably, honestly. Well, this this beer is also about, I mean, they brew it once 81. a year for, for a reason. It, it is during the, the hop harvest uh, season. So they're yeah. they're rushing around the Northwest, you know, over a matter of a few days, trying to collect, you know, hand-selecting the good Cascades and Centennials for this beer um, to give it the aroma and uh, flavor profile that they want. It is uh, first brewed in the winter of 1981. I mean, I was still what, in high school. What a beer yeah. before it's time. And I know like I'm, I'm a sort of like a, a, you know, celebration, you know, I don't know, Stan or whatever. But <laughs> I mean, what 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 a beer to stand the test of time from 1980 fucking one. I mean, that is yeah. outrageous to me. A lot of people still look forward to it coming out every year too. So, oh yeah, yeah. Um, the bitterness is is more substantial than you get in a lot of more modern IPAs. It's and they, I don't think they've changed that much over the years. It's got a good level of bitterness that's uh, standing up to the malt there. Yeah, pleasant it's, flavor. It's got a firm bitterness to it. The um, you know, it's interesting. I'm taking a quick look at the uh, reading the story of yes. Yeah, so it's got 65 IBUs. So it's that's a pretty firm. It's a pretty bitter beer. Yeah. Uh, which I like, you know, they, it's the same recipe every time, which is what Sierra Nevada says. And I, I, I don't doubt them. Uh, what's interesting is you were talking about, they, they brew this right around like hop harvest time. And they, uh, a story on their website about hop selection, that if it's one of those years where it's cool weather and the, the hop, the cascades aren't quite right, you might not get a good cascade until it's too late, but you got to put the cascade in. Mm. And the, uh, one of the uh, Sierra Nevada employees says it's the cascade that can really break celebration. So yeah, I can, I can get, if they're trying to do like a fresh hop type beer and the cascade is just not working out that year, then you could, you, you, you're going to use the same recipe. You probably have to go back in the, the hop library and get, <laughs> yeah. get some pellets that are from last year or something that are still going to be good, but they're yeah. not going to give you the character that you want. And it's not going to give you maybe as the consumer, exactly what you're expecting. Yeah, agree. Yeah, there could also be why it seems to vary sometimes as to when it comes out in the stores. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, my birthday's in October. A lot of times it's out by then. Sometimes mm -hmm. it takes a little longer. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. And you know what? On the back of these three bottles, they have the um, the bottle on date. And they're all different. So the one in 2021 was bottled on 929. Uh, the one that was uh, this year's was bottled on 1020. Interesting. So that's a two month difference. No, one month difference. I'm really yeah. smart. The one from 2014, 1118. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm I not a... saying it was like part of the first batch, but that's right. a big, you know. They keep brewing it for a while, I guess. I have a can from 110421, or else maybe they just have it in, in bright tanks well, and can yeah. it off. I don't know. Actually, I thinking about it, I think they do one, like one run because it's all, like, yeah. you, can't, you can already not get it at like total wine. But I found some at Whole Foods and I grabbed another 12 pack because right. I'm a whore. Because mm -hmm. you get the fresh hop, you have to do that kind of all at once. I Got think. to. Yeah. Yeah. 
right from the field to the yeah. onto the brew kettle. I'm gonna open the 21. Do you guys want to open your 20? Yes, well, I do. God, at least JP. It. Let's do that. Yeah, Brian uh, Shaw. Why don't you? Oh. Uh, I'll open, oh yeah sorry you don't have a library to go to mm. that sucks man only brian yeah, I really, cooper and i are well, while are you guys are opening that up you know this, this 22 really is uh it's a classic it's the old school west coast ipa where you you really have the malt that's backing up the the hot bitterness yeah it's clearer mine is crystal clear you're 21 yeah but my 22 is yeah. there's some haze to it yeah, my 22 is hazier as well. I think Look that's that. it's certainly that. not hazy enough to be a hazy, but I wonder if like the hot polyphenols have dropped out some and then we're getting like chill haze in the 22. Mm, maybe. And the 21 is old enough that, yeah, some of that stuff might have dropped out. Yeah, possibly. Very likely. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's give it a little snifferino. It's already, I mean, of course, it's already not as pungent, not as powerful. That's a little I, more more ter- toffee like, a little more caramel comes through when in the nose. The hops are less pronounced for sure. Yeah, I get a little banana actually, like a little tiny bit, like ripe, like underripe banana peel almost. I'm not know. getting that so much. It's it, there is a fruitiness to it, but it's more of just kind of the generic, you know, kind of apple pear fruity esters, oxidized ale fermentation. I um, feel like it's it's raisiny. Yeah, there's a little bit of like a. Not not sherry like, but yeah, raisiny is a good way to put it. Raisiny and almost thin. Or honey. There's like yeah, honey. There's like a th- a slight thinness to the mouthfeel that um, I wonder if because the hops are so present in the flavor that they sort of you know, boost the mouthfeel. Is that a thing? Do you think if it, if it, can the bitterness leave an impression that uh, or at least mask a quote unquote thinness in a beer? Yeah, the bitterness is is dropping out there, and um, yeah, it feels less like um, even the mouthfeel. It does feel a little less on the syrupy side, mm-hmm. or the you know, maybe it could be that some of the oily kind of resins and stuff are breaking down in those hops and turning into other compounds as it ages, leaving less of kind of a a rich uh, richness to the mouthfeel. I do sometimes for- get. I forget that's a thing. Like the, the compounds will break down, but then they can sort of form other things. Yeah. That's the other side of, of, I guess, beer aging that I don't really think about too much. That's why we need like John Palmer or somebody on here to tell us exactly like mm-hmm. in, in the chemistry level what's happening. We should have called Nicole up is what we should have done. Yeah. You Let's know, call but her. Then, she, then she would have berated us for not giving her the beer. And right. rightly so. Uh, we should just call her right now and tell her we're drinking celebration and get her opinion. Yeah. Egg Nicole. Do me a favor. <laughs> Next time we do like commercial stuff like this, I want to try to get her in. That'd I keep great. saying that. I've been saying that for years and I just, I don't do it. But um, yeah. Anyway. And we should say that, that Sierra Nevada is not paying us to, to drink this correct. beer. We yes, bought it ourselves. Literally free advertising, <laughs> free marketing or whatever for, uh, for Sierra Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're good people and they make an amazing beer. They make basically two of my favorite beers. Yeah, this is another the second time I believe that we're coming back to this beer as well. We did it once as a commercial calibration. Now yeah. we're doing kind of a comparison with it. But well, um, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I, I will find any and all reasons to drink Celebration and talk about it and have Justin pay for it. <laughs> yeah, it's always a good but, idea. Yeah, the 21 has sold up pretty well. It's it's a little like I said, it feels a little lighter bodied. 
the head is still incredible. It's just lacing the glass like crazy. And, you know, mm -hmm. it stays forever. And, um, but yeah, it, it tastes almost like, like, a, a, I don't want to say an old ale, but I guess maybe kind of because that, that, that's that richness caramely thing coming through that yeah. I feel like people are trying to fake with like special B stuff like that. That right. aged property, but it's it's lighter. It's like a British right. yeah. crystal, like British crystal versus American crystal. That's the difference for me. The malt character will change too. Like when you first taste a, a fresh stout, an imperial stout, and then you let that age for a while. Mm -hmm. Those the the most biting kind of components of those uh, darker malts will um, smooth out over time. And uh, yeah, some of those compounds are changing a little bit too, getting more towards the fruity and and smooth and and warm kind of side of things as opposed to the the sharp and and stringent biting thing. So I don't think it's just the bitterness that's fading that's making it a little smoother. I think it's also the malt. Then of course you know the um, the hop flavor is fading a little bit, letting the the maltiness shine through a little more. But it's not intense on the twenty one. No. It's good. I don't know. I still like well here. Okay. Let me back still balance. Let me calm down. Yeah. Let me let me put my erection away. And it's it's still I would still drink. I mean, I if I got served this as a beer called an aged XYZ beer, I think this is great. I would think it's great. And and from what it came from, this knowing that it's celebration, I think it's it's good. I do like it. I like it. I'm not turned off by it. But it does at the same time seem a little bit perverted to just simply take a beer that is marketed because of it being fresh hop <laughs> and then letting it Perver sit for a year and perverted. Yes, I know. Or, you know, 2014 until now, that's almost, that's going to be because, 10 years. Before. Because it has that, it has that, that bitterness is still sharp. It's still not sharp. It's still pronounced. Still a massive amount of bitterness in there. I'd like to hear from our listeners if there are people that, that really do age it. I like to age the, the Sierra Nevada Bigfoot. I'm listening. I don't, I'm telling you right now. I don't intentionally age the celebration, but sometimes I keep some around. Yeah. So the, let me clarify. The 21, I, I, I kept a, when I get down to my last like 24 pack or 12 pack, if I buy, you know, whatever, um, I'll just, I'll, I'll dip in it every once in a while. And I drank, this was my very last celebration ale from last year. And I, I, <laughs> And I had the, the, the one previous to this in like September, October. Mm -hmm. So when it gets down to like the stash, I'll maybe pull out one a month and just drink it. And it's still just awesome for Bigfoot. Um, you know, I got, I bought this like, um, at, at Sierra Nevada when we went for, for the, um, the brew, the brew day, whatever the beer camp, uh, they were selling six packs of aged, um, flights of, Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. You can I get bought those. one. Yeah. And it's uh, for me, the, the seven, the seven year aged Bigfoot is the, it's the best. That's, yeah. That's the eight. No good. Six. Yeah. Still not there. There there's always like with wine, right? There's a, there's a, a, a bell curve and there's yeah. a point in that curve <laughs> when it's the best. And you'll, you can tell when you've gotten right past the peak of that curve and then you should drink oh, whatever yeah. it is you've Instantly. got. Yeah. And I, well, I think, I think beer has a shorter window for that. Or no, longer window yeah. for that. No, shorter window. Yes, that's what I mean. Shorter window. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, think you're this, right. Yeah. Has the All magic right. moment when, when it hits that that prime. I, I like it. I think it's fine. It's not offensive to me. 
um if i i would if someone if i went out and someone said hey i have a year old celebration on tap do you want some i would say yes i do but i probably wouldn't get a second one yeah if that means anything to anybody um you want to do the 14 let's crack it I, I sure wouldn't kick the 2021 out of bed. It's it's really it's better than I thought it would be. Well, look um, at that. If you're drinking actually... in bed, Brian, you might have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> look at that color. It is it is darker. It's way darker. 2022. Look at that. There wasn't a big color difference between the 21 to 22. No, just the clarity, but the color oh. on the 14, and then the head also. Yeah, there's almost no head on the 14. Yeah, it's very uh, undercarbed. Mm-hmm. Wow, and it smells uh it smells like paint thinner. Uh, uh, yeah, it does have kind of that paint thinnery. It's definitely you definitely get the oxidized cardboard, you definitely get a little honey. But now that you said paint thinner, I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> well, and if you look and you guys tell me, so these are oxygen absorbing caps, I I think. Um the bottom of the cap, if you look underneath, maybe you can't see on the camera, but whatever, who cares? It's like bubbled up. So in my mind, I go, well, that's the oxygen being absorbed. So first of all, this is oxygen hmm. from 2014 everybody. Uh, uh, <laughs> but i went up you know and looking at like last year's cap it's not that it's not that much so i wonder if if their bottling has gotten better and you know what i mean do you see how you see where i'm going with this we're like in seven years the 2022 won't be this oxidized are they Maybe. still bottling it can you get bottles yeah. of the new yeah, one yeah 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 okay. I, got, I got like yeah. 10 okay cool it may be that it's taken up all the oxygen that it can in the last eight years, and it's finally given up the ghost. I mean, the cap can absorb oxygen, but it can only absorb so much. Right. Yeah, they're really marketing the cans, though. And a can is a better storage medium for the for the mm-hmm. beer, for sure. Like, I it just keeps it oxygen-free. Yeah. Uh, well, not oxygen-free, uh, but yeah. It's the uh, Lagunitas hop water, and they're transitioning to cans now, too. Yeah, oh, interesting. Just, yeah, there's no ingress like you get from the cap, and yeah. and that's probably part of the reason why the head is dying on this older one. But I'm getting toffee and like let's let raisin me caramel kick it off. Yeah, we've been yeah. you and yeah. I've been nattering for you know mm. ten minutes for Char. Yeah. Uh, Char, yeah. what do you get? Why don't you why don't you hit us up with your thoughts on the 14 here? Well, you know, I, I like the aroma a lot or the flavor a lot more than the aroma. the The aroma does yes. hit you with that kind of paint thinner and oxidation and kind of honey and it leads you to believe this is going to be a big mess and it's just way too old and yeah it's eight years old but when you actually get into it you know it's not nearly as bitter as the 22 the the hops as you would expect a lot of the hops have dropped out but you're left with like a really interesting kind of malty character yeah uh, that's like a rich you know, you talked about old ale before. This mm-hmm. kind of reminds me, the flavor reminds me of an old ale. You know, it's got that kind of winter warmer character. And this is not brewed to be a winter warmer, right? This is an IPA. It's a red IPA. Right. But this eight-year-old one does give that kind of character of, of an old ale that's pleasant. It's been sitting around for a while aging like you sometimes want an old ale to do is why it's an old ale. And you're not getting the, a lot of the bitterness or the hop flavor, but it's become a real interesting malty beer, flavor-wise. If I, if I gave this to you and said, <clears throat> here's my American barley wine, what would you think about what I gave you? If you had this in your glass, thinking it's an American barley wine. If, I said, if you said it was an aged American barley wine? Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with you. I mean, there's, 
it's not as hoppy as the 22, but the bitterness, there's still some bitterness there. Yeah. Right? It's not all gone away. It's got a lot of great malt character. It's got the caramel. It's got the toffee. It's definitely gotten more complex. You know, there's definitely been some oxidation with time, but in, as you can tell from the color, but in a, in a good way, I think, you know, it's just don't smell it too much before you drink it and it'll be a lot better experience. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It, it, I, Cooper, do you get barley wine vibes out of this? Well, no, it's definitely not alcoholic enough for that, but it is. It does have some of the elements of a an aged barley yeah. wine for sure. That's why I said vibes. The raisiny, Come yeah. On. Come on, you got to talk like a millennial. Yeah, there's you, there's some raisiny yeah. there. That's for yeah. sure. Everything tried vibes. to uh, convince me that it was a barley wine. It would it would, it would be a much lighter version of the barley wine strength wise. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, and that the the head kind of fades. Like you could like, oh, there must be some alcohol in this, but. Um, I'm wondering what you think about the body difference again. It doesn't seem like there's a big drastic difference. Once the body kind of lightens and drops off on the 21, this doesn't get like super, super thin bodied. It still has a somewhat of a fullness, not, you know, it's not just watery consistency. It's kind of close to the 21 in the the body. Yes, I agree. And is that lack of carbonation? Not lack of, but, you know, I mean, there's considerably less yeah. carbonation in this one. That you're feeling just the liquid in your mouth with the the sugars yeah. or, the, or the, you know, the carbohydrates that are left in it. I don't know. That's, yeah, it's a different experience. So, <laughs> it is. It's as you know, uncomfortable. I'm, yeah. I, I need to probably mix all three of these. What I You doing. have to. It's almost like drinking, um, you know what, it's like drinking a cocktail. <laughs> You know what I mean? Where it's like sometimes cocktails, you float a little bit of like a soda water on top or whatever. Sort of like that. Cause they're, or the, the prickliness, maybe it's just like a, an acidity, right. In the, in the drink. It's sort of like that. It's, it's, yeah. there's something there that I, I'm not entirely sure about. Okay. Yeah. The mix is interesting. Cause it's got a little bit of that barley wine adjacent kind of quality with the mm-hmm. hops coming back again. But it's, yeah, two of the newer vintages with one really old one. So the old one's kind of losing out. It's interesting to mix all three. I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to do that. You but, should um, do it. If, if, if I wanted to sort of replicate some of these flavors, like in the older ones, how would I do that? Is it just like special B or is there something about aging malts like this that you can't necessarily replicate with other malt? Is that, is that question yeah. make sense? Like, like aging, if I want to make an old ale, I, I can't just go, well, here, get some special B and some fucking biscuit malt and some Johns. And, and then six months later, I have an old ale. Like you can get some of the flavors, but I don't think you can get, there's something developed about these aged flavors, aged in a good way, um, that I, can you, can you really just replicate with, with malt? I think it's it's kind of a reaction between like some of the 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 Maillard products of the you know the malting process as they age alongside some alcohol um turning into some of those those richer flavors so just mm-hmm. use use good malts try not to get too much oxygen because you're going to go to cardboardy yeah, but you know, a yeah, little oxygen not, you can't you can't you can't force age it. Like my first no thinking was you you would try to force age it. You'll know, put up on the roof of your house in the summer or something or in the mm-hmm. attic. But that never that always ends up just super cardboard. 
You know, uh, yeah. John Watson here used to, gave a, used to give a BJCP class, and that's what he would he would take a, some beer, put it on the roof of his apartment building for like two weeks before that class, oh. and that was how you knew what cardboard was because it, had been, it was up here in the summertime in Sunnyvale, and it would get to about 150 degrees up there or something, and it'd just be nasty. But yeah, I you can you can try to replicate some of that aging with special B and some of those malts, but there's really no substitute for a good natural aging of that. I, I don't think. I want to clarify: there is no card. I don't get cardboard or paper. Oh no, no. Or oxidization in that regard in this 14 or any of them oh, for no. that matter. No, but, but that's what I was saying. That trying, to, trying to force it is going to make it cardboard. Right, 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 right. But excuse me. Um, but that that malt is sort of degraded in a in an out. El- in an elegant way. May we all degrade yeah. <laughs> in uh, such an elegant way a celebration from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Just listen to the last you know, five years of Dr. Homebrew and see if that's true. <laughs> well, you know, man, renaissance <laughs> time. Well, <laughs> and I think as you go um, stronger and stronger on the alcohol, you get more towards the sherry-like kind of flavor. I'm getting a yeah. little, you know, there might be a tiny bit of sherry-like, but in a barley wine, you're going to get more of that rich sherry-like flavor in a in a barley wine that's aged because of the stronger alcohol yeah i don't disagree with you there's a little there's a to, hint of sherry in there so yes. it's more yeah. raisiny more toffee and caramel just kind of accenting the the fruitiness that's there turning into more of a fruity uh fruity malt beer but um yeah dried fruit some stone fruit uh not not a whole lot of sherry but it is kind of you know it's not wine like per se but it no it's leaning towards some of those barley wine like qualities you get well, I'll tell you, yeah. after spending time with the 14, I'm going to go back to the 22 and, um, yeah. you know, feel like a divorced dad getting back Ooh. into the dating. Ooh, taste that fresh hop. Wow. God damn it. That's different. <laughs> they're really, they're really different. They are really different beers. And I know they are. And, and yet I'm still very surprised. Like that is bitter and, and not grassy, but green. Like some, mm-hmm. so much uh, this different aspect of the, of the hops are coming through. Almost a little pine, piney, piney, like, yeah. More piney than, yeah. than I thought was possible. Yeah. Wow, that, that does give you a hop, hop burst. Yeah. You deaden Ooh. your palate with something else, something soft and delicate and whatever. And then you go right back to the rocket ship to the tongue, man. Yeah. That's that that Chinook really kind of comes out and uh, yeah. when you come back to it. Yeah. That's a trip. What a trip. Well, and bounce, I, I love Chinook, yeah. and Chinook doesn't get used that much anymore. I mean, that's an old school, that's a real old school hop. And it was well, even back in the day in the 90s that got misused a lot or overused. And you, you had like these weird pine saw beers that were like yes. just all Chinook. We were but, still uh, trying to learn, man. Yeah, but still, <laughs> when you're Chinook used properly and in combination with other hops is a really good hop. I feel like that era of of commercial brewing was sort of like being at your middle school dance where you're just trying <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> And you're going to be really clumsy about it. And, you know, you're going to listen to advice from your uncle. Oh, look uh, at cool Jason over D. here who actually went to a middle school dance. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then you're going to fumble and then, you know, you're going to be too aggressive and then you're going to back off and you're going to whatever. That's what I feel like. <laughs> That's pretty much what Chinook is. Yes. Yeah. Chinook is an awkward uh, preteen boy at a middle school dance. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. At least that get, era of yeah. brewing was for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, I will say, Cooper. You know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe you've maybe you've gotten me not wanting to age this as long because I think a year is probably too long. A year is probably as far as I'd want to go. 
Because this 21 is fine, but it's not as as good as the 22. So, but I but I do want that hop to round off a little bit. So I, I would say four to six months is my window. I'm gonna hold on to something. Trust mm. me, I will have cans of this in four to six months. Yeah, the 21 is still very drinkable and smooth, and it doesn't. It is, but it's not. If it's you bounce not, between the 14 to that, it's like night and day difference is still, but not quite to the extreme with the really pungent, sharp yeah. bitterness and and bright hops. It's good. It, it's pleasant. It's still drinkable, but it's not what makes Celebration special, in my opinion. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a good. It's good, but it's not Celebration. There's something about, and I, I I've been trying to figure it out, like what is it about this beer that I like so much? I think it's the hop. I think it's the hops. I think it's the hop usage yeah. and the hop flavor and intensity without being so aggressively over bitter. That's right. what I think I really like about this beer. What, what's and, missing and, is the, the resiny. It's just not as resiny after a yeah. year. And yes. part of what makes it not yeah. over bitter is the, the hefty malt backbone here. Right? This is the old school. Yeah. And I think it's a, fair to call this a red IPA. This yeah. has got the, the malt backbone that really uh, backs up that 65 IBUs. I agree. You guys agree. are really missing out with the three-way blend here. <laughs> yeah, I, sure, I know we man. are, man. We're always yeah. missing out on the three-way. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. <sighs> you know what I mean? I yeah. Only, uh... Remember back to your first middle school dance. I can only drink one. I can only taste one beer at a time. The suicide soda where they mix all the different kinds oh, yeah. of soda oh, together. Yeah. Everything that is in the dispenser. Oh, yeah. 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 At the roller skating rink. I would go to my friend and I real fast. We'll take a break. Uh, my friend and I would skate down to Carl's Jr. when we were like 12. <laughs> and we'd have like five, six bucks between us. And we would get large fries, like two or three large fries and one small drink. <laughs> and we pour them all in the tray in a corner. And they just dump salt on them, ketchup, big pile of ketchup, dump salt in the ketchup. And then we would do suicide um, at the soda fountain and just sit there for like an hour and overdose on sodium. It was great. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to hit up the Delirium Noel. We're going to drink the, okay. uh, the, the Belgian Christmas beer. That's a style. I don't know. And we'll figure that out. But yeah, this was cool. Cooper, thanks for sacrificing your 14 for us, man. No problem. Yeah, we appreciate it. I've got yeah. a Paramount more. I, I accidentally saved a pack from back when. Yeah, accidentally. I hate it when I accidentally mm. save great beer. Mm. All right, everyone, hang on real fast. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grogtag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. Grogtag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. Grogtags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Our second beer in the Dr. Homebrew, what do we say, New Year? I don't know. Dr. Commercial Brew. There you go, Dr. Commercial Brew. Our very special Christmas or New Year's episode of 2023. Yeah. We're Uh, feeling festive. Yeah, I like doing stuff like this every once in a while. I know, Cooper, you really want to do homebrew, and I get it, and I understand that, and I I agree. Every once in a while, you got to, every once in a while, you got to just... You got to just drink some fun stuff, man. I'm itching to send you the latest iteration of my uh, hazy IPA that that we've been trying to help perfect. But the latest, uh, the latest version, it's yeah. It has wait for that to never happen. So it went a little stronger Mm -hmm. and I, I, so I brewed another one. I've been trying to just to make subtle changes and I, I, um, it ended up a little stronger because in my Pico brew, like there was a little bit of water coming out the top side, the the grain bin so full it was just like a little bit of the water instead of sinking in was coming out the top and going coming oh, out the bottom. At first I thought I had a major problem. And then I just figured out it was just water. It wasn't like actual beer or wort. So it, it ended up like quite a bit stronger. Well, not quite a bit, but like, you know, like it was 1074 until like instead of 1066 or something like that. So yeah, it's more like yeah. IPA and a half. So thinking you go. I, I dry hopped it a little extra. This is just a side story, but I dry hopped it a little extra <laughs> and it went straight to like hop burn. It was just like that Ooh, treading that line between like five ounces of hops in a two and a half gallon batch going to six ounces of dry hops in a, it was maybe a two and a quarter gallon batch or something was just too much and pushed it over the edge. It's just, it's not like okay. sharply burning, but you you don't want to taste it, but I want to send it to you. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll try anything a couple of times. <laughs> but I want to do another batch of that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do another batch and send it to you guys again. All right, cool. I'm, I'm learning. Delirium Noel. 
the Christmas beer. So uh, if you if if the name sounds familiar, it's the the cool like earth and stone looking bottles with the pink elephant on it. Yep. Yeah. It's not uh, delirium tremens, which I almost got by accident. It's the Christmas mm, one. Yes. Got a it's got a big head that does settle pretty quickly. Yeah. So in um, if you get the same beer in Belgium. It's Stellarium Christmas beer. So they're the same oh, thing. Oh, really? Interesting. I, yeah. You would think that Noel would be the, yeah, with, the sort of European with the, one. With the umlaut, well, they're marketing it as a, you know, a nice European beer, but it completes oh, the, yeah. the Delirium trilogy. You know, go, you go from the, the Tremens to the Nocturnum to the, uh, to the Noel or Christmas beer. You go beer. to the webpage for the beer, and it's got the bottle is Delirium Christmas, unlike the no- Delirium Noel bottle in the U.S., and the glass says Delirium Noel, though. So you can get all their bases covered. <laughs> they don't yes. give a shit, dude. Yeah, no, they don't give a fuck. Care, They're Belgian. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that the Tremin would be last, because isn't that like the DTs, where that's yeah. why it's a pink elephant, because you're just going yep. through alcohol withdrawal? Right, but they they like they're clearly they've leaned into their delirium branding super hard, and all of their eight beers on their webpage are all delirium something, and they all have a pink elephant. Yes, well, yeah, that's their mascot. And in the delirium Noel on the glass, there's like three of those pink elephants driving Santa's sleigh. Uh, <laughs> on the bottle, they're it's just like standing in the snow. I love it. I love it. All right, so this is just a Christmas ale, Cooper. You said this is that's what the style would be. Is that a category? We're going to call this a 30C winter seasonal beer. What's interesting is beer advocate. I was looking it up at the break, and beer advocate calls this a Belgian dark strong, along with several other sites. But I, I agree with your uh, your categorization more. It is it is a, a spiced Belgian dark strong. So it's the the nocturnum amped up a little bit. So, you know, different breweries have different approaches. Sometimes they'll take their yep. flagship beer for the holidays and amp it up alcohol-wise, make it into a kind of a warmer version of whatever they brewed. And, you know, it's there's a wide variety of, um, you know, ranges of interpretation that can go into making a winter seasonal beer. So it's, it's, a, it's usually a stronger, darker, spiced beer that often has a rich body and warm finish, suggesting a good accompaniment for the cold winter season. That's all the style really entails. And there's a lot of room for interpretation in there. So Mm, it's usually going to be an amber to dark brown beer. Darker is a little more common. And, uh, you know, the spice is is always going to be an element here. And the Americans will kind of tend to overspice things. I think that the Belgians kind of let, the spices from their fermentation accent some of the spices, you know, that they're adding to it. But um, the aroma is really interesting and that the, the aroma, you get like a spice charge from it, but it also, you get like some ethanol, but it's not like real harsh. It's not a fusel or anything. It's a, um, it's really kind of different and uh, interesting. I, I kind of like it. So JP, you got the smaller bottle or did you get yeah. the big, yeah, you got the 11.2s. Yeah. Yeah. I got the smaller guy. What am I going to do? Drink a whole bottle like that? Yeah. 50? Nah, man. I, I found the, the big one. That's yeah. 75 milliliters of, of sweet, sweet ethanol though. You're missing out on it. JP. <laughs> well, so, yeah. excuse me. I'm trying yeah. to figure out uh, the date uh, code. So it sort of tuned out a little bit. My cork says 2022. There's a cork, a cork online. Of course yeah. you have a cork. It's the bigger one. The big fella, you get the cork. The smaller the, bottle, you take what you get. The, the first date 26 code, days yeah. are represented by... the hell did this go? 22152. I don't know. 
Like, do they use the Julian code, which is what everyone mm. sort of uses? Months are coded thusly J January. This has an L19. So what the fuck is L? That's nothing. So already it's off. Probably it's some French name for a month. Hmm. And then it, and then it has two one two four six. That means this was brewed in 1953. There you go. Yeah, that's what I think too, man. It's been well, mine starts the with a please no instead. Mine starts with a two two. So you might actually have last year's oh, if it's a two one. That would piss me off, dude. It would. I can tell. All right. Well, fuck it. Who cares? Well, um, I went to the I went to the good liquor store by uh, Whole Foods in Lafayette. I think it's Jackson's. And mm-hmm. it was I, I was kind of guess- real hard, dude. That that place yeah. rules. Yeah, that place is real good. And my wife works like a quarter mile away from there. Okay. So I popped in real quick uh, before I picked her up from work uh, earlier this week. And uh, yeah, they had the Delirium Noel. I figured that if anyone local in Lafayette would, it'd be them. I'll tell you Otherwise, what. Otherwise, it was total lime. They also have, you know, not to be bougie, but they have a good champagne selection, like an aged champagne selection. Oh, nice. I need whenever we, uh, you know, we have like a special event, like an anniversary. I'll go there and, and get like a nice bottle of champagne. Just, you know, yeah, whatever. I, I like a nice, nice champagne. That's a, you know, an actual French champagne, not like the super expensive ones. They really sort of spend over a hundred dollars or anything, but special occasion. Yeah. Sometimes like a, uh, an age, like few years old that you can maybe pick up for 50, 60 bucks. That's a nice yeah. treat. You know, I think Cooper, I think this, it does taste old. Like it doesn't taste very good. Okay. It's sort of like, it's sort of like, it's it's sort of like if some knucklehead was to blend two old celebration mm. ales, and I don't know what that. <laughs> no, but it's it's it almost tastes like the maltiness yeah. of the 2014 with some of the bitterness of the 21. I don't okay. think it's as malty it's, it's, as the 2014. It's this weird disconnect. I think it's the high alcohol, and even the web page talks about a strong presence of alcohol. You know, it, really? I, I okay. pulled mine out of the fridge not that long ago. And that could be deadening me to some of the malt, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not thinking it's that great. And it may be, maybe yours is being maybe a little more old because your surface area to volume ratio is going to be different than the bigger bottles. Oh, was, okay. Interesting. So if there was, if there was oxygen that's in like the neck of the bottle or something, it's a higher, it's going to be a greater volume of oxygen per, per uh, volume that we get in a bigger bottle. Interesting. All right. Yeah, it's um. What do we think? I just poured mine. I'm. I've you been spending so much time okay. trying to help you, like uh, mm. figure out the date thing. <laughs> oh yeah, it's my I, I think I think it's okay. You know, it's it's all right. That's maybe the best. It's not bad. The initial aroma wasn't what I expected. It, so, uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's fruity and spicy. On their website, it says color and sight. Uh, they say EBC forty five. What's EBC like? Is SRM. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's exactly. a European uh, Brewing Commission or something. It's a, right. it's like SRM. Uh, chestnut amber, a fine white, creamy, and lacing foam. And then they have scent, a complex entity of caramel, mm. malt, fruit, spices, and the sweetness of the alcohol. Yeah, so they are letting you know that you're going to taste it. Yep. Flavor with a U. So you uh, said fla- yeah. flavor. IBU 26. Okay. Okay. So uh, 40... strong presence of alcohol, very spicy, l- slightly bitter. The aftertaste is sweet, spicy, and slightly bitter. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Uh, 45 EBC would be about 20, 22.8 SRM. 22, almost 23 SRM. If you consult the converter. Okay. Wow. 
so like I, I poured the, the beer in like this uh, sort of like 10 ounce fluted glass just to try. And then I have other glasses because I like fucking around them. These are the 10 oh, ounce oh, yeah. like straight wall like we do at uh, beer fests. Look at all yep. that foam just kick up. Boom. It's a very highly carbonated beer. Yeah. And, and that, that it's a big head and it settles pretty fast. And they have this in a Duval glass and it's no normal head, but like this straight wall glass really foamed up. Right. So if you've had delirium tremens and you've had delirium nocturnum, this you're completing the trilogy by tasting mm. this beer, the delirium Christmas. Um, I like the poorly translated commercial description of born in 2000, yet yeah. it is brewed uh, only for uh, the Christmas and new year and complete the trilogy of delirium. His approach is already a superb warm copper color to red recalling nocturnum, except in its taste <laughs> at first glance, it hides its subtlety by a level of flavors. It be approached with confidence, with a tinge typical Christmas, sauced with a sweet touch, then covered with a bitter tone, without extension, and then a strange sensation of freshness on the tongue. Ah, <clears throat> Finally, oh it frees itself entirely from the bottom of the palace, like a pepper on a salad of the season. It is assessed at the first sip, and loyalty to the second. However, its high volume of alcohol consumption oh, I don't like it. I don't like I, it. Yeah. I think it like cleanse the palate by saying this won a gold at the London Beer Competition in 2022. So they boosted up the yeah. alcohol of the Nocturnum and they've added some spices. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's um it's a very fruity beer. You get raisin, plum, um, a little bit of cherry. And it's just, yeah, the, the Belgian, the yeast spiciness is is actually seems a little more subdued than you know yeah. the the spices are are you know competing with that 10% alcohol so it's it's you're getting a kind of a warm fruit pie you know a spiced fruit pie kind of a quality to it as you get into the flavor and let it let it warm up a little bit i need to let it warm up a little more <laughs> yeah that that 10% ethanol is really just overwhelming everything and my mine is still kind of cold but it it's definitely the lead and there's almost a weird metallic scent to it. And I think it's the, it's the spices in combination with the alcohol. This is not like what I would call metallic in a, in a judging sense, but it kind of hits me in that kind of a, it's got that note of being kind of sharp. Yeah. Well, it's just, there's so much carbonation in it. When, when it first hit me too, in the nose, it was like, wow, it's just, yeah, it's almost like, the, f- the flavor and feel of carbonation in your nose. It's just yeah. like that, you know, <laughs> like smelling when you put your nose into a, a, a keg of carbon dioxide and just oh, yeah. accidentally sniff some of that. It's almost like that. It's like seltzer yeah. nose. I, I agree. Biting. But as that blows off and you get the beer, it's actually quite pleasant. You get yeah. more of the fruitiness and the, it the is, nice, man. The nice it- spice. Yeah, and I it, for me, I, I'm not entirely sure where the spices are. They do sort of blend together. You know what yeah. I mean? It it could be yeah. it could it could be because it's old. I, I do maybe want to try to get the bigger bottle. Uh, it's like you got a Bevmo, you know. I would think a year, but you know whatever. Um, maybe I'll see if I can if I can do that because I would like to taste some of the spice. Like you court, you sort of get maybe like the woodiness of like a cinnamon, sort of at the end. Not that there's cinnamon yeah. in there, but it's that sort of like the woody spice kind of at the end. But it could be, I mean, yeast and malt combined with, you know, six months in heat could do that. Mm. You know, I don't know. It's very interesting. 
I'll tell you, it's not as complex as I would have assumed. No, it certainly isn't. Right. And I wonder if the fruit and the spices are not additions of fruit and spice, but are descriptors of like fruity esters from fermentation of a very high alcohol beer and the kind of spices you get from some Belgian yeasts uh, for a high alcohol beer. Mm. Yeah. Well, what do you, th- I mean, what do you think about the, 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 is it a Chris, would you, would you consider this a Christmas beer? I mean, does it, does it tick those boxes? Is it not spicy? in the American sense of like Christmas beer? A lot of times you'll have a, mm. a Christmas beer, or you'll have an, you know, like we're going to take our amber ale and amp it up to imperial amber and add some spices, or we're going to take our, yeah. you know, whatever beer that we've got. And, but yeah, the, it is it is strong and the alcohol is purely smooth for what's there as as the carbon dioxide blows off it it gets smoother yeah but, I, this is not particularly i mean i guess celebration ale in the sense isn't terribly christmasy either aside from the fact that it's a, a yearly thing done at christmas and but i don't know this is if if you think of a big beer that's supposed to be complex there's just not a lot of complexity here yes right it's 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 very and maybe it's from a from an American lens, right? American beer drinker lens. But oh yeah, I look at this and I would go, you know, it's very obviously Christmassy. It's called Noel. It has the the Santa hats on the pink elephants. There's a fucking goddamn snowman here. Mm-hmm. There's actually they're looking at the label. There's Santa trying to get down the tree, and it looks like he's dropping flaming hot like coal on Frosty or whatever. Like mm. it's very Christmassy themed. You would think that it's sort of this big, robust, spicy, whatever, right? But it's sort of not. It's sort of like, um, I don't want to say you would go down to any average pub in America, any bar in America, and get this sort of brew pub. Um, but it it doesn't feel special, I guess, because we have beer sort of like this all year round. Shades of it, 80%, right? Big beers yeah. with, you know, some spicy notes, whether it's from spices or or, or not. Um, I think we're sort of used to this, so it doesn't really live up to my perceived hype. I guess <clears throat> you're used to the you're used to drinking ten percent Belgian beers every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not not okay. so literal, but in 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 terms of like flavors, where you know you're you can you can go down basically anywhere and get a beer like this to a certain extent. It's you not get a triple. You get a triple IPA. It's going to be ten percent. Yeah, something like that, man. Thanks. This is nothing like a triple IPA. No, no, but it's this has got. I mean, there's a lot of ethanol in here, without a lot of the malt structure I would expect from a Belgian beer to back that up, especially yeah. like a, a dark a Belgian dark strong, which is supposed to have you know a lot of complexity, malt complexity. I'd want to have you know more more spices, more fruitiness. I want to have a little bit, a little hint of banana from a, a big Belgian beer like this. And it's, it's just not delivering on any of that. That's what I mean. I'm not saying that it's, it's like it, you can go down to, you know, I don't know, fucking Firestone and get an exact clone. I'm not saying that, right. but there are shades of beers like this. So I, I wonder if it's not as impressive where I'm imagining in Europe, you have like all these lighter beers. And then these are the beers you go to in the winter time. But for us, for American brewers, you'll have, they'll have beers that are this big, at least malty um, in the fucking summer. Sometimes. Yeah. That's yeah what sometimes. I'm 
Sure. Also, they okay. have. I'm looking at their website. They have an export beer. It's a lager, four and a half percent. I fucking want it. Mm. That's what I want to drink. Which one is that? Literally called export. Oh, okay. Blonde mm. export. Yeah. Uh, brewery Hoogie. H U Y G H E. Hoogie. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Like yeah, it must be on just the plain delirium site. So from 1654. That's how long that brewery Yeah. This, this brewery is like 368 years old. That's crazy. Oh, dude. Awesome. It's the it's oldest a- brewery in Ghent, and they're they're still making beers. It's family a family operation. And it's pretty cool. They have a good name and the people seek out the the Nocturnum and the Delirium Tremens. It's it's a it's a mainstay in you know craft beer purveyors since I started drinking that you could, you know, it was one of the rare ones you could see here when yeah. they first, you first started seeing really good imports. And it's yeah. like, wow, that's a cool looking beer. I should try that. And that's Absolutely. good. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, that that um, export lager that you were looking at JP Yeah, under flavor, it says it has good bitterness, balanced taste, light sweetness and bitter aftertaste. The, this would be a very poor score in the BJCP exam. Yeah. It might be I'm an IPA episode, man. I mean, that sounds that's oh. and uh, anyway, uh, on the delirium site, you can go like their shop, and they have like an American shop. They have shit here. It's fucking cheap, dude. They have, I mean, watches for twenty five bucks, which wow. is obviously cheap, but they have uh, like hats for twelve bucks. Where are you going to get a brewery branded hat for that little amount of money and glasses for mm-hmm. seven bucks? Like, damn, dude, they love it. Anyway, um, so I poured it in three different glasses. I think I like it, it just in the bottom part of my uh, Duvel glass best. Yeah, yeah I'm using like rounds a, that malt out. That kind of a bowl shaped kind of a tulip, you know, uh, sipper glass. That's yeah. It focuses the spices. Like drinking out of this, I get more of the spices. I yeah. get I get that woody, spicy, but more of the spice coming through yeah. versus this little guy from here. I'm um, drinking out of this Yo Guinness uh, uh, glass. Which is as it as it warms, as yeah. it warms, yeah, you're right. As it warms, it's it's um the malt complexity comes out a little more. It, it doesn't seem overspiced, which I like. I don't want an overspiced Christmas beer. Here, okay, let me let me give you my let me give you what I've I've discovered about these three glasses. So the the Duvel is my favorite. It really focuses everything. It rounds out the malt. It's by far the preferred glass. This beer, it's basically a smaller, you know, whiskey tasting glass, even though it's from um, a brewery. Mm. It's, um, mm. it's, it's different. It doesn't really focus the spices so much, so it makes that malt a little weirder. It's a little more two-dimensional in that regard, although as it, as it warms up, it is coming, is blossoming more, but it's sort of like the malt feels more caramely. Mm. I'm getting more toasty. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, you're talking about the difference in the glasses, yeah, yeah, though. yeah. yeah. This straight wall 10 ounce like festival glass that we have, which is what I drink everything out of when I taste beer. It is like a fucking one dimensional Kool-Aid. It is nothing like there's almost no aroma. A little bit. There's a little bit of aroma. The flavor, the malt is not there at all. Like at mm-hmm. all. And then there's a tannin. There's a tanniness of um, of the spices that you don't get in either of the two glasses. There's no sweetness, really. It's dry. Very weird. I will. I always say, like, fuck these stupid glass shapes. No one cares, right? I have never. I mean, sour beers, I've, I notice a difference. Like, I kind of prefer sour beers in a straight wall glass like this. I don't know. It accentuates the sourness a little bit. But 
it, it, with a true beer like this, I've never had a, a more drastic comparison. That's pretty than, fascinating. Than I, have, than I have between these two beers. So if you guys, if you have some out there at your house after the show, go pour it in a couple different glasses. Check it out. It's fucking weird, man. It's very okay. weird. The brain and the nose is so mm. weird. I'm trying the same thing here. I got I got my straight sidewall glass here, the little short one that I taste almost everything out of. And I mean, granted that the the goblet kind of tulip Belgian glass is is, is warmer for sure. But yeah, the aroma I mean, is different. It is different on a straight wall glass. And you get a hotness out of it too, which is fine. I don't mind. I mean, it's it's part of the flavor. They say it on the website, right? Mm. What do you think, Cooper? He's putting his big old nose in there. Let's see what happens. He's drinking it. He's pounding it. Cooper, what are you yeah. doing? You're chugging the whole bottle? Uh, it's going through uh, one of those whirly straws that has his name Brian written out in it. That would be hilarious. It's a, it's a 10% beer. I'm just going to town. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Am I right? I, so I agree. Yeah, I agree to a great extent. The, the straight weird. wall, like short glass. There's something about the the tasting kind of goblet that has a little, little flare at the top that holds the aroma in there. Yeah. And uh, you cover it with your hand and swirl it and you get even more. I always thought that was bullshit. So let me ask you guys a question. When you're when you're judging beers at a competition, all you have are the same size glassware. Right. It's the same either every now and then you go to a place that has like the like a taster size glass glass, mm-hmm. but usually you have like a, a small plastic or corn plastic cup, and it's the same for everything. So how do you, I mean, is that doing a disservice to the beer if you're not, and I'm not saying like style appropriate glassware, but if you, I mean, that's sort of like the uncontrollable when you enter a beer competition, that's the uncontrollable variable is what vessel, I mean, these are, these, these two glasses could not be more different. They absolutely couldn't. Not if, if one of these were just filled with fucking tacks and they Uh. had a beer in it, it couldn't be more different. So I, I would think like, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm entering this competition with this style of beer, I know I'm going to get fucked over. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, you're, you're getting, I, I don't dis I don't disbelieve anything you're saying about the glass size for this beer. Better not, I'll fight you. But uh, <laughs> you know where I live, man. Come yeah, at me. That's right. Yeah. Let's but, go. Uh, but all you can do in competition is, is minimize that by giving everyone the same glass. So if it's uh, the style, in my in my opinion, in my opinion, so it's a, maybe it's a style that would benefit from a tulip. Well, what you're not going to get a tulip in competition. That's just the way it's going to be. So everyone has the same disadvantage of not having a tulip in that category. So no one is disadvantaged by having uh, that shape, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Everyone's getting fucked equally. <laughs> okay, well that's good. <clears throat> yeah, the Jesus judges right. do their best. To, yeah. Yep. yeah. I don't think I don't agree to the extent that that's there's no aroma coming out of this one at all. It's just it's there. It's just different than this, you know, the deeper one. But again, there, I have a temperature difference here, too. So I don't know. It's as it warms, I get a little more. I mean, you know, and I'm not I'm <clears throat> at first I was like, well, maybe that's a little, you know, bombastic or whatever. But I smell it again. And I would I would be I would be hard pressed to find aroma out of that. I mean, it's, well, it's there a little bit, maybe 20%, yeah. maybe 20% of the aroma. I'll, you know, how about that? So that's why in competitions, judges a lot of times will concentrate the aromas by, you know, covering the glass with your hand and swirling it, okay, letting all of that, that stuff 
rise make, into make like the... a little teeny teeny little v to shove your nose in and the little cup hopefully you don't have a lot of lotion and stuff on your hands yep. but then <laughs> always then I, put you... glo- no, I take my lotion glove off before yeah. i judge a beer so yeah yeah that does work but you know even the aromas out. even the aromas coming out of that like so i do that and i get i get like a lot of cherry you know those kind of fruit flavors but putting it over the the duval glass let's see what i get i love this shit's fun to me i don't know why mm. yeah no you know what honestly it may be a little a little deeper malt aroma but but comparatively their aromas are the same ish enough for me yeah. yeah so that's interesting it's a way to maybe get around that the flavor's still yeah. different but aroma wise um yeah. well it does work that's you can fun get there you can get there yeah yeah a, lo- a lot of times like if you're at a, at a if you're not getting much aroma from it at all, maybe it's the fl- shape of the glass. Maybe it's because you're in a location that's not ideal for judging. And not, not every time you judge a competition, it's ideal for judging. Mm-hmm. And that kind of putting your hand over it and swirling it around really does help the aroma come out, especially the, the temperature, your, the warmth of your hands. Mm-hmm. Spe- if this sample is served really low temperature in competition, that will help the aroma come out uh, a lot of the time. So you'll get something where maybe you weren't getting anything at all before. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's fun. Well, look, uh, you know, this is our Christmas gift to you. We're going to take one, we're taking, we took one break and that's it. I think we're going to get out of here. I think we're done with the show. Okay. What? What do you think of that? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks everybody for partaking in our little uh, New Year's Christmas Eve sort of a commercial beer tasting dissection. I don't know. It's different from our commercial calibration shows. I'm going to have a hard time trying to write the description for this show, but I think it was fun, man. I think we learned a lot and uh, yeah, interesting stuff. I, I like these shows. You yeah. Know, once in a while, you sort of cut loose and just the, bullshit, just bullshit about beer. The name of the show will be JP delves into glassware differences. Uh, You're right. Uh, or like uh, acquiesces to the same thing that people have been telling him for 20 years. It's There's the most wonderful that. time of the year. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's right. the most wonderful. No, no one needs to hear that. No, no Happy one New needs to hear that. Thanks for if tuning it, in. I appreciate it. If you want to be on the show, if you want to give us homebrew to uh, alleviate us from having to buy more commercial beer to talk about, email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com and he will get you all sorted out to be on the show. I also want to thank our sponsor, Five Star, you know, fivestarchemicals.com and uh, sign up for their homebrew club uh, newsletter and stuff like that over there. And uh, they're good people. They've been supporting the show since day one, and I really appreciate it. So thank you. And thank you, everybody, to, for listening to the show and supporting the Brewing Network and uh, Dr. Homebrew specifically for all these years. It, uh, it means a lot. It's really fun for us to be able to, uh, to come in here and, and do something we enjoy doing, talking to and you guys if, about beer and, and helping you guys uh, make some better beer. Anybody in the Bay Area wants to become a beer judge, I'm giving an exam on June 3rd here in Livermore, California. So that's up on the exam website. If anyone's interested in learning what it takes to become a beer judge, let us know. We can talk to you about that. We could do a whole show about that, becoming a yep. beer judge. Meet me to um, Dr. Homebrew and learn from Dr. Homebrew. Sure. I uh, think I'm going to help you with at least yeah. one of those, right, Coop? I think so. There you go. Hey, in six months, we'll all be on Cameo. You can buy a, a, a personalized green from Dr. Homebrew. <laughs> I, I should, why am I not on Cameo right now? I should be, I I could be making three or $4 a month. Maybe you could. Yeah, yeah, maybe, if you're lucky. I know. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. And until next time, we'll see you later. 